0: welcome 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 all to the pro football radio podcast we are at episode number 18 And this is your co-host jay chima with the pride and joy of merrimack new hampshire da puma
1: Thank you, thank you. No no meow on that one this time? No meow today, bro. No meow.
0: No, no meow, meow today. I, uh, I felt like your name has emphasis enough. So.
1: Oh, thanks. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I appreciate it. How you appreciate been, it? brother, man? I'm doing good, man. No yeah. you know, friggin' weather's gorgeous. Uh, open the, open in the pool, trying to trying to get that thing under control. Yeah. A little cloudy right now, but it should be good to go by like Tuesday or Wednesday. So, yeah. making progress. No, it's Adulting. Nice. It's gorgeous out. It's been a gorgeous couple of days. I mean, I I've been driving around with the windows down, the sunroof open. Megadeth cranking up on the car it was Megadeth? Uh, Megadeth, a thrash metal. Band. Oh, here we go! Clearly, we go. I Lo- I love
0: your hard- love your hardcore metal, don't you? Huh? Yeah,
1: hey, hey, it's thrash. It's thrash.
0: Whatever, whatever. When it's people screaming at you through a.
1: For a speaker, I'm out. You know, it's Dave Mustaine's not screaming at you. He's got a little bit of a snarl, mm. face melting guitar solos, double bass. David Ellefson on the on the on the on the bass guitar as well too. See, I, I never got that kind of music. I don't understand the two
0: most hated music groups uh, that are for me are um, heavy metal and country, and I, I just. I just, I just don't get that. I heavy, I can do country. I can listen to country because sometimes, yeah, I hate it, but I can still bear through it. But heavy metal, dude, I just can't. Like, well, it's just too much for well, me.
1: there's different depths of heavy metal. There's death metal and black metal and, like, Norse if you're listening to, like, Amon Amarth. But, no, like, when you go with Thrash, like, the, the big four, Anthrax, Megadeth, Metallica, yeah. Slayer. Yeah. Yeah, just stick with those if you want to delve your toe in that.
0: Who's your, who's your favorite... I guess heavy metal band. Oh, Megadeth.
1: Megadeth. Dave Mustaine.
0: If I wanted to listen to a song, what would you recommend for
1: me? Oh, let's see. I mean, I guarantee you've heard "Peace Cells." Yeah. But I would start off with that. Okay. Uh, little little "Rust in Peace." That's a that's a good one too. Um. Hook and mouth. Yep, that's a good one, too. Okay. Yeah. I'll just send you a whole bunch. Yeah. Be like, enjoy in your car ride. Send me a playlist. I will. See
0: if I get through it. (laughs) I will.
1: I will. Uh, But no, I I guarantee you've heard peace cells.
0: Okay, okay. Awesome, awesome. Before we get going, brother man, um, Brennan, I'm one of your closest friends, right? Yep. I love you, man. I I love you, too. I genuinely care about you. But I haven't asked about your well-being in... I guess eight nine episodes, and I want to make sure we kick off the podcast. Oh, now we're back. Making so you're doing sure, a check? No, I just want to make sure that you haven't cried or had a mental breakdown, no, or sort of, no. any sort of issues lately. Like I know you're a big time crybaby, but I just wanted to I make mean, sure. I'm a big
1: time crybaby. Oh yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> I just no, want to no. make sure no, I'm comfortable everything. enough to admit <laughs> that, like, eh, sometimes every now and then you just need a good cry. But no, I'm I'm, I'm good. You know. Yeah. Almost almost killed a couple of people. Would what, uh, you kill? <laughs> what happened?
0: Tell us. Oh bro. no,
1: just opening the pool just nonsense mm-hmm. you know me and my dad yeah. we're both the same person which is which is great we're angry but, but at the same angry. time it's like we're, we're i i can admit i'm stubborn and hard-headed and oh, i get you don't say from him you don't say so here we are <laughs> it's like becoming a union job to like yeah. open the pool and like the you know the science behind which way the pool cover has to go and but well, no, it was great. I, I was super happy my parents came down okay. to help. Good, good. So. All right,
0: now that we got that out of the way, yeah. I just wanted to make sure you're
1: good. Right? Enough about me. What, <laughs> what about you? What, how has your week been?
0: Good, man. It's been good. I uh, had some travel for work. Yeah, um, you were boondogling
1: out in the Bahamas. So. Yeah,
0: yeah. I was down in the Bahamas and it was so funny because um, I've never been to the Bahamas so I didn't know that the mainland of Nassau is where all the locals hang out, all the Bohemians, right? Yep. And then across the, across the little bridge there is Paradise Island where it's just basically an extension of America. Um, there's Paradise Island, uh, Atlantis Resort out there. Right, um, there's like the Starbucks. aquarium and shit. Yeah, right? yeah. There's yeah, a yeah. Starbucks there in every corner. There's oh, a fucking. God. They,
1: they, they got the Starbucks for you. Well, across.
0: Across the uh, across the bridge in the Americanized part of, of Nassau. I
1: <laughs> see so you getting off the plane being like, thank God I can get my fucking well, well, listen, almond milk latte. Well, listen, <laughs>
0: night one, night one I stayed in uh, in Nassau, downtown Na- Nassau, right? Yeah. Just because I do not know much about the layout of the land, right? Down there, I booked my hotel. I always go with a Marriott. It's the easiest. It's good quality. It's middle-of-the-pack pricing. It's fine. You know what I'm saying? get your points. Yeah, I get your points, right? Um but I get down there, and I realize this Maria is in the middle of downtown Nassau. And, dude, it is a tough, tough... I it's... Uh, it's bohemian culture, man. It's just... It's insane down there. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Well, give me a
1: little bit more, man. All right. So,
0: I, I, I took two taxis that night. One taxi to dinner, one taxi back from dinner. Yeah. And every single time I try to make conversation with these uh, these locals, these bohemians... Um, I um I would always start with Hey, how's your day going? Uh, what do you recommend uh, doing in, in in downtown Nassau? And both of them said, "Would you like for me to get you a girl?" That was the first thing they said, and I was like, "Let's take it down a notch from that." <laughs> what else do you recommend? Like, I'm not lying. Like, do and then one of them was like, "Let me get uh <laughs> let me get my friend sending pictures of this Cuban girl they just got on the island and they I They just show got you. on the yeah, island. Yeah, I swear to God. And I was so like, so
1: we're talking about possibly yeah. trafficking and I was females.
0: Like, I was like. <laughs> Dude, let's tone it down. What else is there? Like, what else is there? I was <laughs> like, thinking about a bar or like the beach or something, you know. And he was like, Oh, oh yeah, okay. Well, there's like a there's like a tiki hut place down there. You can like get a couple of drinks. Wow. Like, uh, oh, okay, cool. And the cool thing was all the um, all the locals uh, they just called you sir all the time just because you have American dollars, right? And they want like obviously a tip and stuff, but um, they just called you sir all the time. They're super nice. Um, I just love how,
1: like the bar, yeah, the
0: bar in their mind, the bar yeah, was let me American, hook you up with an American escort. from from New York, yeah. right? Like <laughs> this is what he wants. That's what how you, you got a venereal for. disease, exactly, right? So, yeah, but no, but a the love se- child. Yeah, but the second night, my 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 stay got extended. And the second night, I stayed at Atlantis, right? Mm-hmm. Americanized as hell, dude. It's just a regular fucking hotel. Mm. You don't see any crazy down there. It's a bunch of white people down there. I
1: <laughs> will get my almond latte because yeah. I I gotta I gotta get I my, my Starbucks.
0: Yeah. Shut up. But on the way back, uh, on the way back, I had three hours to kill on the plane ride. And uh, I started watching a documentary. Um, The documentary was uh, aviation nicknames, right? Oh, God. All right. (laughs) It's like over the years, Uh um, this is what this bomb or this missile, this aircraft or this, you know, group was called, right? Right. And I think I might have found a new nickname for myself. Oh, I know. God. I know. It's been a while since we visited the subject, and we we tested our poncho for a little bit. Yeah, poncho was good. But what's your thoughts on the big stick for Jay Chima? No, no. Why not? That's, that's a no. The big <laughs> stick and the Puma.
1: No, you don't like it. That's a that's a no dog. <laughs>
0: Dude, that's, uh, the big stick was uh, named for the Convair Conver B-36 Peacemaker. Uh-huh. Uh, it was uh, built between 1949 and 1959. The largest mass-produced piston engine aircraft mm-hmm. with six engines, right? Um, and moving on forward, I, the whole premise of today's game is real or fake aviation nicknames. Oh, Very Jesus. simple. I give you two names. You pick which one is a real nickname. Okay. Right? You ready for this? Yeah. Being that we're both aviation buffs, I feel like this should be a fun game, right? Oh, boy. <laughs> Number one, Virginia Freedom or Baltimore Whore?
1: I'm going to go with Baltimore Whore as the fake. So Virginia Freedom is real.
0: You would be wrong, sir, because Baltimore Whore is, is, is the nickname um, for the B-26 aircraft, which was a World War II twin-engine uh, medium-sized bomber. Baltimore Made between 1941 and 1945. Yeah, they I'm pretty it, sure the
1: official nickname for that was the Marauder, but wow, <laughs> yeah, Baltimore Whore B- Yeah, is... B-26
0: Marauder, right? And then yep. the the uh, the nicknames for it were Baltimore Whore, a.k.a. Flying Prostitute. And I'm like, wow, wow,
1: <laughs> that's <laughs> that's
0: interesting nickname. Was,
1: would that be, would have been uh, one of the... Escorts he would have got in down probably, down there, so. dude. <laughs> probably. Down there. Jesus Christ! Okay, I'm 0 for one.
0: Over for one, right? There's only six of them. So, and by the way, um, most of these are planes, but there's a there's one that is uh, is a missile as well. So we'll get to that. i uh, Number two, the Roaring Tiger or the Bug Smasher.
1: <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> uh, I'll go with the Bug Smasher for real. You're correct on that one. Thank God.
0: That is the Beach C45 Expedition, which was a twin-engine, low-wing, tailwheel light aircraft, huh. um, made between 1937 and 1969. Very popular, used as a trainer/slash utility aircraft. Oh shit! Right? Okay. All right, one for one. Wait. One no, for two. One for two. Number three, it's a missile. Mm. Ready for this? Mm. Go get him, Fido. Or Say Hello to Independence.
1: Oh, I'm going to go with the, the America one. Say Hello to Independence. You'll be wrong, sir. Really? That's a made up Wow. Yeah.
0: Go Get Him Fido is, uh, is the nickname for the AIM-120 AMRAAM missile, which is Advanced Medium Range Air-to-Air Missile. Um, 1991 to Current is the...
1: All right. Clear on that. that nickname makes sense now.
0: $400,000 per missile. Um, and currently, it's on Air the F-35. Nice. So yeah. All right. Uh, number four, the bunny rocket, or the sled.
1: I'll go with the bunny rocket for Ooh, real. Wrong, Jesus, wrong. this is brutal.
0: The sled, um, which is the SR-71.
1: That's what the hell. Yeah. What
0: yeah. the hell? So the SR seventy one has like four different names, nicknames, the right? Blackbird. So Blackbird, all that Berg, shit. Lady in Black, mm-hmm. um, the sled. Um, obviously being the legendary long-range civilian aircraft.
1: Yep. Dude. Wow. Jesus, good, man. Brutal. What are you an aviation professional? I here? mean, I'm not I didn't <laughs> know the marauder was the Baltimore whore, so <laughs> uh okay. Sorry wasn't a test pilot, Jay. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck me. How hard could it be? Pull up, right? Pull up!
0: <laughs> Go to White planes! Um, Okay.
1: Number five. Number five. You got something else to say? (laughs) No. I I feel like Derek is cringing. D-Rex. In front of the podcast, would know all these. He's like, Brandon, you fucking dolt. I guarantee it. He's saying that shit. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, Okay. The meat box.
1: (laughs) The meat box. Oh, man. This is great.
0: (laughs) The meat box or
1: the hell box. I'm going with the Meatbox for real. <laughs> At this rate, why not? You are correct. What the hell is nicknamed the Meatbox? The
0: Gloucester Meteorite is uh, the first British jet to ever conduct combat ops in World War Two, 1943 to 1995. Yeah. Uh, AKA the Meatbox. The Meatbox.
1: <laughs> Jesus Christ.
0: Okay, last one. Number six. You ready? Mm-hmm. Pound Town or Ass Ender.
1: <laughs> I'm going to go with Ass Ender. Is the real one? Is the real one.
0: You are correct on that.
1: Yeah, because I know Pound Town is a J.C. McCoy expression.
0: <laughs> was, that too, was that too easy?
1: That was a layup. You should have let off with that. I know,
0: right? The Curtiss XP-55 was a 1940s prototype fighter. Um, but it was canceled after uh, flight testing because apparently it was an ass aircraft. <laughs> that's why they call the ass ender. The ass ender. Um, oh the The only three made ever.
1: Oh, my God. But that's
0: what I did for three hours on the plane right up here. Jesus
1: Christ. <laughs> Your thoughts? I mean, once you let off with Baltimore Horror, I was like, yeah. man, this I sure, is going to be rough. I know, right? I this should have eased you into it. going to be a
0: rough game. You know, looking back at some of these names, I'm like, there was no. There was no fucks given back in the 1960s. Hell no,
1: hell no. Dude, Which is hilarious because they wouldn't show Elvis below like the waist with his hips swiveling and all that bullshit. Really? But then you have an airplane called like the Baltimore Horror, the Ass Ender. And- Dude, it's
0: funny because like in today's day in society, society, um, we're very liberal in America, right? But did you see where um, the new movie that came out called Rocket Man about uh, yeah Elton John. John and shit? Yeah. Apparently, they uh, in Russia when this was rolled out to the audiences. They made sure all the homosexual slash, um, I guess, r- risky scenes were completely edited out. Like, completely censored out. So, it was just him Playing the piano. <laughs> it was just
1: him singing. So, <laughs> it was like just Elton, uh, uh, an actor playing Elton John doing live performance. Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. At that okay. point,
0: yeah. They're just censoring the fuck out of... Uh,
1: Jesus, why play it? Okay. Yeah, anyway, gotta love Russia.
0: Are you going to watch that movie, Rocket Man?
1: Maybe yeah. I'll probably just wait. I haven't seen Bohemian Rhapsody yet, so like I'll just yeah. I'll just wait for that to hit Netflix. Yeah.
0: Is it bad that I don't like one single Elton John song? I have listened to a couple of them. I just don't like Is any it of bad? them. Bad? I mean, like
1: I, I like his music, but yeah. like I'm not gonna go out of my way and be like, man, I really need to listen to Rocket Man today. Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, if it's on the radio and Tiny Dancer's playing, yeah, I'm gonna belt that song out because yeah. it's a fucking Tiny Dancer. Like, yeah, why yeah. the hell not? But no, I'm not gonna actively gone in my way to type in elton john videos
0: yeah yeah interesting hmm. yeah but that's uh, that's
1: basically well, yeah. plus like candle in the wind kind of scarred me you i know heard like that one. they played it at you know princess diana's funeral oh, it's God. originally about marilyn monroe but yeah. they played it for her and yeah. my freaking family loved it and i was like oh great now like yeah. i gotta hear this on endless loop for fucking three months awesome yeah Thanks. Yeah. Yeah, yeah
0: interesting yeah um but yeah that's the that's the, uh, the gist of what i have for for the bullshit segment, all right. <laughs> do you have anything you want to get to, sir? No,
1: no. I think we touched upon yeah. it. I'm still in awe of Baltimore horror. Oh, yeah. Baltimore Fucking Baltimore horror. There was a
0: couple other ones that I was like, you know, that's a little too risky
1: for the podcast. That's that's too risky. Oh, there were some pretty for interesting the podcast. Ones. Yes, yes. Oh, please.
0: Off offline, we'll get to those. You know what I'm oh, saying? god. Okay. We do have a, a PG show
1: here, right? Oh yeah, we <laughs> totally have a PG show. <laughs> we're talking about rubbing tugs and. All that other nonsense and yeah. possible Robert Kraft sex tape, but no, we gotta PG yeah. the, the, the show. All Anyways. right. Uh, speaking
0: of uh, football, right? Um, the biggest news this week was the Carson Wentz mega deal. Um, Philadelphia secured their their quarterback of the future. Um, he signed a four year. It was a uh,
1: 4 year extension, hundred twenty eight million with incentives. If he hits those, it has a max value of hundred and forty four.
0: Yeah, and the guaranteed money is 107, right? Uh,
1: 107. That's about like 30, 31 per year.
0: Yeah, yeah, which puts him in line for another big payday around 30, 31. Correct. Yeah, by
1: the time the contract's over, he'll be 31, so he could be in line for another huge payday. And
0: and I think we've uh, we've had this conversation a couple times before. I think me and you feel completely different about the subject. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Um, In my personal opinion, this was just a very very premature move, man. Um, I just don't think he was worthy, right? These numbers that Philadelphia gave him are the numbers that, like, people like Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers uh, acquired, you know what I'm saying? I don't think he's at that level just yet, just because he hasn't produced on a consistent basis, mostly because of his injuries.
1: Right, but, I mean, Garoppolo got paid, and he only had five good starts. But I also had a
0: problem with that as well. Like, I also had a problem with that as well.
1: I mean, Wentz, he had a, you know, mediocre first year. Year two, we I can go out and say that he probably would have won the Super Bowl and would have been MVP that year if he didn't blow his knee out. And last year was rough, but again, for the third week, it takes a full year for you to recover from a massive knee injury like he had. So and everything I've seen and heard coming out of Philadelphia Eagles camp is he's looking lively at at OTAs, the ball is coming out really live, he's bouncing around, he he has full motion in that knee, and Lewis Riddick. Put a lot of weight on a branch saying that he's going to be MVP MVP. this year. And I'm drinking the Kool-Aid. I like what I've seen from Carson Wentz. And I think that article that came out saying that he wasn't a great team leader humbled him a little bit. So I think think you're going to see an MVP performance. I have no problem with that contract. And... Dallas has to be crying a little bit because yeah, now that's, that's, this contract that Wentz signed is at least the floor for Dak Prescott. Of course, yeah. So
0: I, I just um, I just have a big issue with the fact that besides his one good season where he had the magical run, right? Um, he was absolutely great. He would have won the MVP if he didn't get hurt. He's twelve and five over his starts. That's below five hundred. Um, I've seen more Kirk Cousins and Alex Smith out of his play then I have Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers, right? So I get it. I get it. You, you give these salaries off potential. I totally get that. Um, but I also believe he's what he's already produced so far is more middle of the pack than it is transcendent. Do you understand what I'm
1: saying here? A little bit, but I mean, he just hasn't had a full chance to reach his potential. And like, he's always going to get hit with, oh, like the injury knock. He's mm-hmm. always going to get hurt. Matt Stafford was banged up his first couple of years. And then he's been, what, at least a decade since he's been hurt and he got a huge payday, I
0: get that. But um, the Foles factor is big here as well, and I think that's something that Matt Stafford didn't have. You didn't have somebody sitting behind him that could step in and take a team through the playoffs and win a Super Bowl. Right. I know. I know it's unfair to Carson Wentz. I know it's totally unfair. Like, and I'll try to be as objective as possible. But we can't misremember that. We can't misremember Nick Foles taking the two Tom Brady and the Patriots. You know what I'm saying?
1: Right. But we also can't, you know, go over the fact that. When he had his chance to be a starter, mm-hmm. I'll, I will give a wash to the Jeff Fisher years. He was middle of the pack too. Like If you, if a season is just based on six games, yeah, yeah Nick Foles is the guy I'm going to want. But it, over the entire length of a season and over a career, even up to a career at this point, Foles and Wentz essentially have the same record, the same, amount, same stats short of Foles playing in a Super Bowl game and Wentz but, had to watch. But you're watch, saying
0: that like a small thing. You're saying that like a small thing. Like they have the same exact thing except for one small thing which is the Super Bowl, well, which yeah, is massive. But it
1: think? is massive. Yeah. But in if if you're like me, which I I look at the stats, like my favorite quarterback and in my opinion one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time in Dan Marino never won a Super Bowl ring. I'm not going to hold that against him when it comes to credentials. But if you look at Wentz's career at this point and Foles's career at this point as well, they essentially have the same completion percentages. Like, they're the same guy. It's just F- Wentz had the unfortunate issue of blowing his knee out in 2017 and then having a back fracture. Like, he's doing everything right at this point. Obviously, the Lori family likes what they see out of him because they wouldn't have given him this huge payday if they had an issue with his with his knee and his health. And everything I've seen and heard out of camp is he's, he's back to where he was in 2017. So, pay yeah. the man. Yeah, of
0: course. Yeah, um, and I get it. The NFL is a um, pay for potential future, what you, what you can do for a team mm-hmm. in the future. But I always thought the NFL was, what have you done for me lately kind of thing. I'm saying, what have you like, done for me lately? That's what, you know, these contracts. But I guess the shift is trending where it's these quarterbacks. If you have any decent above m- above middle, middle pack or above quarterback, you're going to give them some sort of money. So, it's a quarterback's market. I get it. You can't fuck with the market. The market is what it is. So, um, I get it. But I just... At the end of the day, I man, I would have kept Foles and I would have shipped Carson Wentz out for a bunch of picks, you know? Yeah, but well you
1: can't, I mean, you have to factor in they had to trade up a shit ton of picks yeah. to draft him where he was. And, the and clean that's one. a good
0: point. That's a good point. So when, like, when GMs put a lot of, or when organizations put a lot into going up or giving a lot for a quarterback, they generally see it out. I've seen this many times in the NFL where crap quarterbacks or middle of the pack quarterbacks have been given more leeway just because a lot was invested in, in, in acquiring them. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Um, so a lot of ego goes into it as well.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, we're, we're going to uh, agree to disagree at the end of the day. Uh, I mean, Hobby Roseman, he's hit home runs with draft picks and free sure. agency signings. And again, if there wasn't any rush to get this contract done. He had another – I think they could have picked up his 50-year option and wrote it out. So, I mean, them just immediately extending him four years and – That just shows a lot of faith in Philadelphia. Where where do you think... I mean, I kind of let it off with this being the floor for Dak. Like, where do you think Dak Prescott now ranks? Because, in my opinion, Dak is going to get probably a little bit more than Wentz, just based on, if you look at the injury factor... Which
0: would be a bad mistake by the Cowboys. Right. Which is... See, he's not worthy of that money as well, you know?
1: So, I think... If you look at the other quarterbacks in this class, like Wentz got paid. Mm-hmm. Dak is probably going to get paid. And I think Goff is probably going to be getting a little bit less out of those three. Like, I don't, I don't know. What are, what are your thoughts? Well, I don't know why
0: these guys are why these organizations are jumping so quickly to give them this money so quick like I would have let Carson Wentz play it out this year I think um, Jared Goff needs to play out this mm-hmm. year after his horrendous performance in the Super Bowl I think they did
1: pick up his 50 roster yeah like so he...
0: just let him play it out see what happens like don't jump to these conclusions so quickly you know mm-hmm. um, with Dak Prescott I don't think he's worth this much money man like if they pay him this much money I think I get it the quarterback market demands it but it's not going to be a good investment over the long run right. for these guys um, I think Dak Prescott I believe we said it was 25 to 27 million last time we talked i was
1: thinking like the mid to yeah yeah i I might have said 25 25,
0: i I might have said 27 whatever it was i think we agree it's not 30 32
1: million absolutely not but now once we said it yeah
0: but yeah but then again any single time these this quarterback gets these quarterbacks these massive deals they just resets the whole market Mm -hmm. you know so i I wouldn't be surprised i wouldn't be shocked if uh, jerry jones pointed points up that cash um but i think it'd be a wrong decision at the end of the day right Pay that man Zeke. Pay Zeke. Oh yeah, yeah. Zeke needs to get paid, but then, which he won't. Right. Uh, with this, with this Todd. Girl, and we're gonna, gonna get we'll to that. that. That's he a, probably won't. That's
1: a perfect I'm foreshadowing. We're definitely gonna talk about the the contracts for running backs. So that's uh, that's what's th-
0: happening with Todd. The Todd father is devaluing the running back position, mm-hmm. like. It, there's, Big time. there's some serious shit going on in L.A., and we, we'll get to that eventually, but my God. Right. I feel bad for Zeke D- right now. Let's just
1: get into Girly since we, yeah, ju- we just Fuck let it. into it. Yeah.
0: So uh, it came out this week that the Todd father has um, some serious arthritis issues in his knees, right? Yep. Uh, in his one, the left or right uh, knee. I think
1: it's his right one from college. Yeah.
0: Um, the reports are going forward, he is not going to be the bell cow. He's not going to be the main back for the for the Los Angeles Rams. Yep. Yeah. Um, Apparently, in week one, he got hurt and was never the same. Um, Which is funny because I had him on my
1: fantasy team and he was lighting it up. Up well, until Chicago. Dude, that Chicago
0: game really fucked with that Rams team, bro. Yep. They got punched in the mouth and they could not recover from it. Right. But even after that, like you would see like good games, bad games, good games, bad games, good games, but it wasn't consistent right. where the Todd Father was two years ago. Right. He was one of the most dynamic players, not just a running back, one of the most dynamic players in the NFL where he was about to win the MVP. Like he was in that conversation. Yeah. Like the dude could do it all. The dude could run the ball, the dude could catch out the back field the dude could block i mean he was the best running back and potential mvp candidate before all these yeah Indies but uh, i didn't out. know i didn't
1: know he was banged up week one mm-hmm. that's crazy all right
0: yeah. so going forward i think the rams so it, it, it happened in the past in the past but going forward, i think the rams need to load manage him like they have to make sure obviously with him not being the bell cow that's the game plan going forward mm-hmm. um but what does it say that they paid this running back high dollar like, high dollar, possi- as much as you could possibly Can He reset the
1: market. And like, that- Le'Veon Bell was, prob- was probably crying when Todd Gurley signed that. I mean, what was it? It was... I wrote that contract down. It was a four-year, $60 million extension, 45 of which was in, in guaranteed cash. Yeah. And that was last season. Yeah. And now he's not yeah, going to be but the this, bell cow. This
0: brings up a very interesting point for the Rams because now they pay him a bunch of money, but he's going to be a backup, essentially. Like, yeah. how do you give this guy so much money and he's going to be load-managed? He's not your bell cow. He's not there every single play if you need him. Right,
1: right. I mean, he hasn't even been... He's been held out on, uh, on-field team practices so far. Uh, he's on, like, a playing track training regimen and I mean hell even McVay is high on that that draft pick the the running back they took in the third round out of Daryl Henderson Henderson. he was good in college yeah I mean and it just shows the writing was kind of already on the wall when they uh, they offered the uh, they matched the offer sheet the Lions did for Malcolm Brown to keep Malcolm Brown on the roster as his backup and then when you draft this running back so high in the third round out of Memphis that just solidifies the fact that Todd Gurley, I don't care what the front office is saying. His knee is a legitimate issue. Oh, of
0: course, of course. So,
1: is, and that's man, like, and even in that high potent offense with with Woods and Cooks and and Cup, like a lot of that is based on play action and misdirection. And if the guy that's driving the car and Todd Gurley is not a hundred percent to go, Todd father. the Todd Father, whatever <laughs> the Todd Father, the, I mean. That's, that's going to be a problem in a hard, hard yeah. NFC West. Oh,
0: dude, that's one of the toughest divisions in the NFL right now. Because everyone improved.
1: Even like the Cardinals improved a little bit yeah. where they yeah. can play spoilers. Yeah. So that's that's a big problem to I go think in.
0: I said this two, three weeks ago when we did our um, you know potential winners of each division. I think they're going to come in third in that division. Mm-hmm. I think the, the 49ers and the Seahawks, dude, they're making some serious headway. And like the pressure's on. The pressure's on McVeigh, The pressure's on Goff. How are these guys going to come out after that brutal performance in the Super Bowl? Like, how are they going to how are they going to right the wrong? Right? right. Um, is there going to be a Super Bowl hangover, or are they going to come out stronger? How are they, what, what path they're going to take? Um, my my last question I have is, how will this affect the the cap to utilization dynamic for the for the Rams? Right? So you set you pay them this much money, but you use them only one third of the time how will that affect the rest of the team like obviously if we weren't if they weren't paying all that money to Todd uh, they could probably get a couple of better a uh, couple of different running backs and fill in that void but how is this going to affect that capital capitalization analysis
1: right uh-huh? i don't know man that's 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 a hard, hard look at. I mean, it's it's all a gamble, especially with running backs. I mean, they're taking they're taking a beating in college, and mm-hmm. he was playing at Georgia in the SEC, which is probably one of the hardest conferences in in it's, college football. It's one or
0: two. It's the Big Ten and the SEC. Yep, Those so, two are just brutal, smash mouth. So week in a week out. There's
1: a lot of miles on that body of his, and then he already he was drafted by the Rams with a knee issue over the, that knee issue sure. he was it was surgically repaired. Jeff Fisher kinda of wrote him into the ground and then he kinda of got a revitalization with with McVeigh. I mean, it's just how far the mighty could possibly have fallen is if he's a, you know, the the backup. I mean, he's trying to lose weight. He's trying to play at two eighteen yeah. to keep weight off of that knee to be able to he's yeah. yep. Yep. So, I mean, that's, that's going to be little bit of a little to of a that's, bit of a be bit of like little a fantasy football yeah. aspect, a like, if you're on the clock and Todd Gurley's there in the first round, you're gonna have to think long and hard of do I want to take him in the first I round? I would take him.
0: I would not. No, absolutely not. Like
1: if you're gonna if you're gonna take him in the first round, you better handcuff him with Malcolm Brown or the Daryl Henderson kid in case he goes down.
0: Yeah. I mean, if you're gonna load manage a running back like that, you're not gonna get good fancy value out of him. Right. right? Um, so the next question being, how does this affect Zeke and his contract? I mean, this, this right here is devaluing the running back position. Mm-hmm. We always thought that, um, you know, f- about three, four years ago that the, the old days of, you know, Emmitt Smith were gone. There could be that one back that, you know, leads the team for the whole year. But um, but, you know, there were a couple of running, back, uh, running backs that were drafted, such as, you know, the Todd Father and Zeke that, you know what, maybe they were come, making a comeback. That the yeah. running back, uh, the the glory the glory days of the running backs were coming like back. Like Earl
1: Campbell yeah. and Emmitt Smith and yeah, Barry but Sanders. but with this
0: right here, like, how, if I was Jerry Jones and the Cowboys and I was seeing this unfold in L.A., I would not be offering Zeke a, a massive contract like he wants. You right,
1: know? and this is why Pittsburgh held fast with Le'Veon Bell. And it, listen, like, Le'Veon yeah. Bell is probably the best running back in the league you think but so Are you
0: think of zeke right now after todd being
1: he's up, up there up. i mean he could do he was doing it all he was kind of the original zeke before there was zeke and he could do it all like passing out of the back catching ball uh, catching passes out of the backfield and you know running in between the tackles but again there's a lot of miles on that body especially when i think one year he had like what like 600 touches between catching the ball and and just tucking it and running between that's a lot that's a lot and that's over several like almost every year was five six hundred touches so Zeke is the guy that gets that offense going we've seen it when he was suspended but if I'm if I'm Jerry Jones man that's you gotta think long and hard about that one what would you give him I mean Jesus Todd was at 45 yeah I mean Zeke isn't he, he hasn't had any injuries in college like 14 million a year maybe are there more than that? Something like that. I'm saying. I mean, I wouldn't give him more than 40. I want to lowball him. I mean, like 35, maybe fully guaranteed like guaranteed in a contract. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you gotta pay him because he's off- him. he is the guy that gets that offense going. It's yeah. just like how much money and cap space do you want to tie into? You in gotta pay Zeke? him
0: more than Le'Veon Bell. Um, but then you can't pay him as much as the Todd Father. Right. You know. And I wonder how he's gonna take that.
1: Right. He's I mean, gonna that's going to take that's it. Gonna be a hard well, The thing is, He's going to have to take it. You know yeah. what I'm
0: saying? And, and this is the bigger picture here that the NFL owners, man, they just do what they want, man. They have so much power. Yeah. And the salary cap and they, they make you think like taking, you know, not taking a hometown discount is bad. Like just – Right. This, it's just the way the NFL owners
1: do it, man. It's fucking And then genius. you have to think, you know, we're kind of getting the weeds with with Zeke now is say he turns his nose up at this contract, plays it out, and then – Maybe gets franchise tagged or, or plays that out, and then faces the hard fact of: Do I want to stay in Dallas? Or do I want to test the free agency market? I've said this with Demarco Murray. A lot of those yards were because of that offensive line. Yeah, sure. Like, do you really want to lead? Like, you yeah. got you have to factor a lot of shit in there when it comes to contract time.
0: Yeah, but I think I think Zeke is a more uh, is a more dynamic player than. Oh, absolutely!
1: I'm to, totally with you on yeah. that. He's gonna get paid. I just. There's a lot of miles to feed in Dallas, man. Like you're gonna you're gonna piss somebody off. You're gonna piss Do off Do you wanna Barry piss Cooper. the quarterback off? You wanna piss the running back off? You gotta pay off? the
0: quarterback and the running back.
1: Right, because this goes this kind of goes back to Wentz is if you don't pay the quarterback, you're gonna end up in quarterback hell for X amount of, of years. Of course. And I mean, yeah, running backs, I guess you could say air quarter, are a dime a dozen, but not everyone's Zeke. Not everyone's a Todd father. Not not everyone's hell, even Warwick Dunn if you want to go back. Yeah. He just I, I think i uh, I'm a Patriots fan, so I see how we use
0: LeGarrette Blount. I see how we use Corey Dillon. I see how we use Sony Michel in a three. Like every single, every single year, we have a a B level running back with two like dynamic pass catching running backs. It's like a three mm-hmm. three backfield, and it's worked out fine for us. Like I think I hate to say it, but I think Todd the Todd Father and like even if Zeke was gone, like I get I know, it's hard to a Zeke, but like the running backs are just devalued. You know what I'm saying? Like I I think you can really just Throw all those guys out, find replacements. And oh yeah, fun, you know what
1: I'm saying. Yeah, I mean, look at look at the tape of this Henderson kid. Yeah. It's super explosive, like King. I
0: Anderson last last uh, last year? You know? Yeah,
1: and he looked like my friggin' fridge. Yeah. He was huge. Granted, I'm not Brad Pitt, yo. Like I, I'm, I'm walking around at two thirty. Uh, don't put the the Puma down. But player. like, yo, the guy was like a butterball, and he was getting a hundred and thirty yard games in the playoffs, you know? The Puma is a Brazilian model. Yeah, he looks like a carried away here. You're the mill equivalent of Giselle Bundchen, right? Yeah, okay, <laughs> let's not get let's not get carried away here. So we've already we've made our bones. Gurley, it's it's not looking good for him. Uh especially with where they drafted that running back. Fantasy, you're gonna take him, handcuff him to a backup and more power to you if you draft him in the first round. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. If I'm telling you right now, if I'm on the clock and Todd Gurley's there, I'm probably gonna take a pass. I'm passing. Yep, I'm, I'm passing. gonna let him fall.
0: So speaking of fantasy, so we're doing two leagues this year. We're doing a Pro Football Radio podcast league, yep. right, with the uh, PFR listeners, mm-hmm. and then we're doing a separate like league as well, right? Or just right. doing one big league.
1: What are you do you want to do? Let's split up into two. Yeah, but yeah. I'm, t- I'm gonna I'm gonna go out and live here and go out of the record. I'm not a fan of kickers, so if we can get rid of the kicker and put either an extra running back or a wide receiver and juice the scores up, that's that's fine by me.
0: Would you want to do an extra running back or an extra wide receiver? Because what? well, who gets more touches? Well, obviously running backs. Well, right? running backs uh, can
1: get more touches.
0: Would you want... Uh,
1: well, we already get the flex. So yeah. you have two running backs, a flex, and then have three wide receivers and get rid of the kicker.
0: Okay, okay, we can do that. Yeah, Even defense, we can maybe even get into
1: defense as well. I don't know, I mean, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll I'll stick with the defense, but the kicker's got to go. Yeah, like it's that. That's my opinion. All right. Hey man, your we'll take your opinion. We'll run with it. You know, yeah. that's that's my thing.
0: Um, next up, uh, Gerald McCoy to the Panthers. Um, Gerald McCoy got released by the Buccaneers last week.
1: Um, yeah, he, he was a salary cap casualty. Yeah, all right.
0: Um, he took trips with the Browns. Uh, ultimately, ended up with the Panthers. Um. I guess the question is, how does this affect the Panthers' defense? Listen, I don't have much expectations for the Panthers anyways this year. I don't think this is going to cause much of a rough uh, ripple in their in their defensive uh, scheme. Um, I don't think they're going to be that great anyway. So whatever, it's just another guy sticking it in.
1: You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna do our boy Jay Boots a solid. I I like this signing for this defensive unit yeah. because Ron Rivera he wants to be more involved with the defense because he knows that the enemy is at the gates. If he doesn't show a, a, a sign of life, a, a, a possible p- a playoff appearance, he's going to be out of Carolina. Uh, and I like, I like this sign. And you stack him with uh, with a couple of playmakers on that defensive line, like Kawan Short and uh, the rookie Brian Burns. That's going to be a force on the defensive line. They're transitioning to a 3-4 defense. So you have McCoy to anchor that. And then you have Luke Keekley, and, uh, and Shaq Thompson playing behind sure. him to help turn over, uh, produce turnovers and, and get sacks and free up the cornerbacks to either blitz or, or whatnot. So there's a lot of potential on this line. Ron Rivera knows how to take care of veterans. Uh, I, I like this pick. The NFC South is Super probably tough. going to be one of those tough. Tough, yeah. the second toughest division behind yeah. maybe the NFC West. Uh, yeah. th- I mean, that's that's completely wide open. The only thing I have is – McCoy, if you look at his contract, like, he's gonna have to get like have a career yeah. year to get those numbers in Carolina yeah. to hit those hit yeah. those numbers. I mean, it's uh, it's four million guaranteed. It's a one year eight million dollar contract. But if he hits these incentives, it could be like ten ten million. But I mean, he has to get like eight sacks for one point mm. two million five hundred thousand if he gets a Pro Bowl five hundred thousand if he hits a, a playoff game there's just a lot on the line. Well, here's
0: my thing. Like, I think... um, And I'm not trying to cast shade on the Panthers, but there's so much instability at the quarterback position. Like, I don't think this team is going to be vying for that division title. They're going to be in the back end of it. They're going to be third or fourth. So why why go there when you can just go to the Browns? Maybe make... A little bit less, so the same amount of money, or whatever it is, right? And be hopefully a, on a better situation there. Um, I think. I think he's trying to stick it to the Bucks, especially with the uh, Sue giving taking the, his number. Yeah, Sue taking his number, and he's like, "All right, well fine, well, I'll go across the, the division and see you twice a year." Like, yeah, it's fine and well, but you just—you're probably not going to make the playoffs, truthfully. If I had to guess, right now, right? right? And
1: then there was also r- rumblings out there that he liked Southern cities over, say, Baltimore and in Cleveland, which is funny because everything i heard the baltimore visit went really well like they thought they were going to lock him down to be in baltimore and then he turns this plot twist and goes to carolina i really i really like this signing i think carolina is gonna gonna be a contender um cam newton's gonna be throwing the football this week i saw that this morning uh from tom pellicero uh he's scheduled to throw on monday i think cam's
0: done dude you know what i think he's done
1: I don't think he's done.
0: No shade, boots, but your boys are trash. <laughs> I,
1: don't th- you know, I don't
0: think he's done. I mean... The best thing about Cam Newton is his wardrobe. And that's not even that good.
1: <laughs> you know what? I, 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 saw, I saw a quote, and I, I can kind of believe it. Um, I believe it was uh, Andy Benoit uh, from Sports Illustrated was saying, anytime the ball is in Cam Newton's hands, like your team is still going to be involved in the football game. Yeah. So if he can just stay relatively healthy... yeah. I think the Panthers are going to be fine. And I think they're going to, they could make a lot of noise in that South with the, the, in the NFC South rather with that defense and Ron Rivera being more involved. I mean, hell, that defensive unit was great when they were in the Super Bowl that year. So, who
0: knows? I mean, it'll be interesting because it's a great apples-to-apples comparison. You essentially stick two defensive ends into these um, defenses and see who comes out better between Sue and Mm -hmm. and, uh, McCoy. It's funny that Sue is... uh, I'm sorry, McCoy is 13 months younger than Sue, right? Um, So, I, I find it funny that... They couldn't work this out. The Buccaneers and McCoy couldn't work it out, right? Um, because Sue ended up taking an eight million dollars deal as well, right?
1: Which is funny. Yeah, they they cut McCoy to get thirteen million dollars off their books, so but gave like it $8 they on. signed Sue to an eight, and then they bring another guy in uh, for I don't know, like a single digit million dollar mark. But when you combine the two, it's thirteen million. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, okay.
0: I'd rather have McCoy at that point. I'd rather I, have I think, McCoy at that point. I think point. this goes uh this goes a deeper. I think this is probably a rub between McCoy and management or McCoy the head coach. Right,
1: and um, I know McCoy was a little chapped about how uh what Arian said, being like he's not the, the most explosive player he is anymore. He was on some bad Buccaneers teams. I mean he had the talent coming out of Oklahoma. And he was just wasted away. So are his best years behind him? Absolutely. Yeah. But if anyone's going to squeeze the last bit of football out of somebody, it's going to be Ron Rivera. So
0: yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It's it's interesting. We'll see how it pans out. Um, but I think this is a stupid move by Bukoi, man. You you go to a team like the Browns, man. Um, they have a better chance of winning and just kind of write it out, you know.
1: I don't know. Maybe he uh, he he kind of saw a little inkling of drama in the land, yeah. and he was like. Eh!
0: Let's speak about that. That's I'm all a, set. Good, good segue into the drama coming out of the land. Um, it's not even training camp. It's just OTAs. It's, I'm sorry. It's mandatory minicamps. Yeah. Um, and these guys are just fucking just I mean, they're, they're already in the really news mind. at OTAs. They're just unreal, dude. They're unreal. You know what I'm saying? And I... And I get it. There's going to be a lot of – we can sit here and detail every single thing that's said. We're not going to do that. It is what it is. But the biggest thing that annoyed me the most was the Baker Mayfield comments on Duke Johnson's situation.
1: Right. So those – to to bring up to speed, Duke Johnson, uh, he's been asking for a trade ever since uh, Dorsey and ownership brought in Kareem Hunt uh, as a free agent uh, to join the Browns, which – if I was Duke Johnson I'm going to be a little chap too because he's essentially going to be taking my job. So Duke Johnson's been asking for a trade and uh you know back to UJ with with Baker um
0: Yeah and then, and then Baker goes and says stuff like well that's unfortunate oh, this is me paraphrasing. That's unfortunate he's putting himself in that situation like uh, like, how do you say that about your teammate? Right, like You're right. talking about the reporters were asking Baker about what's your thoughts on on this whole Duke Johnson thing. And he flat out, instead of being a good teammate and saying, um, you know, it is what it is. I don't speak about my teammate's contract situation. I don't speak about another, another man's money. He flat out said, that's unfortunate. He's putting himself in that
1: situation. Who like, the fuck are you, Baker? Right, and which, and chill the fuck out, you know? Which is weird because when you look at Duke Johnson was on tape with Mary Kate Cabbage. She's a beat writer for the the Cleveland Browns. The cabbage. And, uh, and she was saying... It, he was on take with her saying, you know, I've been asked for a trade. It seemed like I was on the trade block before Kareem even got here, so I seem unwanted. And I'm going to be the professional like I'm here to work, so I'm going to do my job. But then you have uh, and you have Jarvis Landry coming out offering, you know, words of support for Duke Johnson's yep. situation. And then you have baker mayfield come out and say that and then he doubles down and says and i quote i get it duke has been here for years and i respect that but it's about what you're doing right now and what you're going to do the past is the past you're either on this train or you're not and i saw that and i'm like you are just pulling a ben roethlisberger you are exactly with with that radio interview for with antonio brown Mm -hmm. it's like dude Focus on getting your rapport with your new shiny toy in OBJ. Focus on that. Like It's like nobody learned from Le'Veon Bell's uh, contract situation where you have the offensive line putting his business out on Front Street. Let the let, let the general manager in Duke work this shit out. You don't have to solve it in a yeah, press conference. Yeah, you're not the general
0: manager of Baker Mayfield. You're not the head coach. No. You simply throw the fucking football. Yeah. Like, you have no right to talk about another man's money. Um, So, if, if I was to give him any advice, just like – they just fucking turn on the tape of Derek Jeter or Tom Brady and just listen to what they say. Like, those guys are just the masters of talking without saying anything right. at all. All he has you know to do is
1: say, we're all here. We're here to learn a new system. that That's my comment. You're putting
0: your teammate on blast. Right. You know that's going to cause division. You're never going to get Duke Johnson
1: back now. You know what I'm saying? Right. And there's, been, there's people in that locker room that have been there. I mean, hell, even the, the Browns before Baker got there liked Duke Johnson enough to offer him a contract extension. Yeah. And he was a backup. So And now you're going to put his business on front street? Like, he's probably one of the best pass-catching running backs in the league. No shade to Nick Chubb. I love Nick Chubb, but he's not Duke Johnson when it comes down to third and 10 and you need a fucking first down. Yep. I'm going to throw the ball to Duke Johnson. Yep. Baker, you need to worry about one of the, the, the playbook with Freddie Kitchens. Yeah. Like, Shut up.
0: And you need Duke Johnson this year. You need him for eight games or six games, wherever, how long Kareem's suspension right. is. You need him until Kareem gets back. And who's to say um, when Kareem gets back, you know, it's not a given that he's going to jump back in and be the Kareem hunt of all? Mm-hmm. Who says that you that you, in those in his absence go, go out there and carve up this amazing role and you're just killing it and crushing it? How are the coaches going to take you off the field at that point? You know what I'm right. saying? Right. Exactly. Like, there's a lot to be played out here. Like, everybody's jumping the gun here and fucking. With Baker's comments, I think he just totally crushed that um belief that maybe Duke Johnson could come back and right. come back to the family into the fold and play it out, you know? Right.
1: And then he'll get chapped when Colin Cowherd calls him out and says he's immature. This is why
0: he This calls is why you, out. you get called out. Because you're fucking, you're a kid.
1: You're simply a kid, you know? Yep. I mean, hey, maybe wait a couple more years, big, before you start talking. But then I mean, even issues. then,
0: even then, you can't like you right. like look around the league, Baker. Look what's happening with with Big Ben. Look look what's happening with Aaron Rodgers, who's who's transcendently better than you'll ever be, truthfully. Like Baker's never gonna get to that level. He's gonna be a good serviceable quarterback, but he's not gonna be Aaron Rodgers. And even Aaron Rodgers has issues where his teammates were chapped, using your word, about stuff that Aaron Rodgers said and as, as Aaron Rodgers said in the media. And the stuff Aaron Rodgers said was nowhere as bad
1: as the stuff Baker right. just said. You know, so, right? Exactly, dude. Like
0: you. If you keep this up, Baker, like, they're going to come after you.
1: And it's not even Baker. I, mean, well, I mean, we can get back to Baker in a second. But Freddie Kitchens, I mean, what is it? It is June 8th, and he's the most quoted head coach I've yep. seen so far. Yep. I mean, when it comes down to OBJ missing OTAs, when someone asks him, what what is Odell missed? He says a lot. The offense. His reaction to McCoy going to the Panthers. We want people to, that want to be here. Uh, hell, even his reaction to uh, Duke Johnson. Uh, air quote, he wants to be traded. I want to win the lottery. It doesn't matter. He's under contract. He's a Cleveland Brown. He's going to be used the best of his ability and what benefits the team. Like, Like, this is why I did not feel comfortable picking the Browns winning the AFC North. I did it. I didn't like doing it that much. But it's bullshit like this. And then kind of bulletin board material going on in Tennessee with everyone writing them off week one. I can fully see Tennessee going into Cleveland, kicking them in the mouth, and then they go 0-3, and then everybody's gonna be popping off of that water. Baker, room.
0: just look in your own division. Look at what the Steelers were last year with all the chirping, and look at them this offseason. They're not saying a goddamn thing. Yeah. That that locker room is shut now. Yep. But now you guys are out there fucking talking shit. Like, how can you not see this? How can you how can you be that dull to not see what's happening here? Yeah.
1: you know? It's like nobody learned. Like nobody learned. From Pittsburgh last season, which is mind-blowing to me when Cleveland played, spoiler, to Pittsburgh going to the playoffs yeah, last year. Yeah. Like, I just, I don't understand. Everybody in this day and age owns a fucking cell phone where they can go on Twitter or they can go on Instagram and see people airing airing their dirty laundry and uh, screenshotting DMs. And they can go on TV on Center and see all this shit. And then it's like doing the same shit. The definition of crazy is doing the exact same thing expecting a different result. Like, I don't see how this is going to work in Cleveland if they're popping off already June 8th and we're just wrapping up mandatory mini camp. Dude,
0: I like you dropping knowledge right there with the quotes, bro. Like, I just, I don't, I don't, I don't Understand? Is this, is this Puma or Einstein?
1: I can't I just, tell. I don't. I don't understand. If you want, like anybody that's a contender or that has won anything, does not say a goddamn word. Yeah. Foxborough is the perfect example of this. Yeah. The most you've seen of them on the news is Julian Edelman wearing a Boston Bruins jersey to practice, and that was headlines on Twitter. Yeah. Like, that is the most news you're going to see. Yeah. Hell, even in South Florida, you're not seeing much. You'll see Fitzpatrick throwing a no-look pass, and that's it. No nothing, yeah. no nothing. Well, no Brian goals.
0: Flores comes from that Belichick mold, yep. right, where um, the head coach of the Dolphins came from a system in New England where, you know, he knows that that kind of stuff just causes unwarranted distractions. Yeah. And this is the issue with – this is my biggest concern with the Cleveland Browns. Freddie Kitchens is a first-time head coach. You know what I'm saying? Like, three, three months ago – I'm sorry, five months ago – he was the running backs coach. What right, the he wasn't waters, even you know a coordinator. Like he was never a yeah. coordinator. He was a running
1: back coach. He was an offensive coordinator for a cup of coffee, and then Hugh and uh, what, what's that other fucking? Oh, guy's that name? That fucking lunatic! What's his name? Um, he's always uh, Todd him Haley. Him. Todd yeah, Haley. Yeah, yeah. They got fired, and he got a, he got sprung into with being a head coach. Like
0: Dude, I just like yeah, like take take a page out of look around the league, man. Like as a professional. Look at the. This is. Listen. I'm a professional. You're a professional. The one thing I do anytime I am in a new role, I have a new task. I look at the most successful people in our company and try to mold their. Because if I don't have to reinvent the wheel, they've already done it. I just right. gotta figure out what their process is and use it and tailor it to make it better and more mm-hmm. efficient, or make it tailor to myself. Freddie Kitchens, look around the fucking league. Like, see what other head coaches are doing. Right. Um. Figure out what is going to be the most efficient way of getting this team through a season without any bullshit distractions and win some fucking games.
1: Yep. So I don't know. Dude. I don't know either. There's just a lot a lot of tripping coming out of out of Ohio when you have you haven't done anything. Yeah. You, they, how many games did they win last year? Six? Like seven? Seven. Like which how is the, greatest, like, dude, the most you know, in like three
0: years. Yeah. But like Dude, you would think they won the fucking Super Bowl with the way they're acting now. No you know shit.
1: Like o- Odell saying we're gonna be the next Patriots in five years. So then well, that rookie which is funny because Odell had was not even at OTAs when he's saying that comment. Yeah, yeah. Like, like
0: it's funny that the, the expectations have gone through the fucking roof of the Browns. Right. Um, the second they got Odell, they went from being a eight and eight to a Super Bowl contender. Um, people back in Ohio, my good friend, Sarah Marie, um, put the analogy, it's like when Odell came to the Browns, it was like, Jesus, I like, came to the fucking right. Browns. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, it's just, it's a lot of hype for seven wins. Like, I don't understand right. how they can be this much hype for seven fucking wins.
1: Right. And I mean, you, you had flashes of immaturity with Baker last year, with, with Hugh Jackson, which dude, like, he got fired. He's got to feed a fucking family. Like, mm-hmm. if you're going to take a job wherever they're offering him a job. And if his boy Marvin... Marvin Lewis is offering him a job. Yeah. He's going to yeah. take the what goddamn job. Do? You know what I'm saying? He has a mortgage. He has a family. Like, how about now? this, Baker? You remember you left Texas because you were chapped and you walked on to Oklahoma. Like, yeah. that's like the same fucking thing. Yeah. So, I don't know. There's yeah, just a I, lot of growing pains I have, and a lot of immaturity. I have
0: a lot of um, mixed emotions about Baker Mayfield. I personally hated him for the longest time. I hated him, you know. Like I, I was at that Ohio State Oklahoma game mm-hmm. um, in Columbus, Ohio, where Oklahoma and Baker Mayfield stuck the the flag in the middle of the field. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I, like I'm supposed to hate him with the passion. But last year, I started coming around to him. Like, guy, well, the kid has some personality. He's winning some games. Dude can definitely throw the ball. Like, he is accurate. He has a good arm. But then you, you just, like, you come back to this bullshit. and Like, this just brings more hate on you. Right, you know?
1: and you pull a Roethlisberger. I mean, has there even been a statement from anybody, like the head nope. coach? Nope. Like, reining his ass nope. in? And here's people railing on poor Mike Tomlin being a player's coach. Yep. Like, no. this Y'all yeah. in Cleveland better temper expectations. Yeah. <laughs> know, that's, right? that's all I'm saying. Because, again, I could totally see Tennessee walking in there, kicking oh. you in the teeth, and then walking out. And that could start a losing streak and then. then, and, then week,
0: and then week two in New York against the Jets on Monday football is not gonna be easy kick nope, either. No. Nope. Yeah.
1: It's and nobody's talking about this, but that that guard they lost in that trade, that Zeitler character that yeah. went to went to New York, yeah. he was a he was a pretty decent offensive lineman that's now gone for Olivier Vernon. Like you're you're now gonna <laughs> you have a brutal schedule to begin with and now you're facing pretty decent defenses. Sure. Good luck.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, we're about fifty-two minutes. And do you want to get to get to anything else? What are you thinking?
1: Yeah, I mean, just touch upon the NFL officiating. That's all you, man. Real I, quick, I, just so, give us a rundown. Um, so right now, uh, for those of you that for some reason have been living under a rock, earlier in February at the first round of owner meetings, uh, they passed the new rule regarding offensive and defensive pass interference and non calls. With you know, it's it can be reviewable inside of uh, two minutes. Uh, from the end of a half or uh, the end of the game but it's a booth review right everyone was you know back clapping hey we pushed through legislation we don't have to deal with this non-call New Orleans game ever again Sean Payton was a happy camper but when NFL officiating like higher-ups met with these individual teams a lot of concerns come from the head coaches where this is probably going to become like the end of an NBA game in the last two minutes where everything's going to be reviewed. You know, Hail Marys, like what's going to happen with that? The, the league at first said we're going to exclude Hail Marys. And then again, they thought it was going to be the last two minutes of an NBA game and just slow everything down. So this week, uh, a lot of uh, the officials got on conference calls with the head coaches of each team to discuss some possible legislation uh, to, to define the rule. And hopefully in the coming weeks, we'll get a, a rough draft of what it is. But here's my thing. We're going down a road of, you, you ever, you remember in high school or middle school, those like fucking paper fortune tellers.
0: Oh, I love those. So Where much. like yeah, you yeah, pick yeah. a number yeah, yeah. and then
1: you do it and then you yeah. pick a color and then yeah. you do it. And then you get like kiss your crush or you marry Johnny or whatever. That's what we're doing with this rule. Like we're going 17 steps For something that could just be simply solved by putting a sky judge up in the booth, keying down, being like, "Yo, Vic, you missed that. Like that's that's passive interference. We're we're gonna bring that back. Like we don't have to work through 19 different steps." To get to the a simple result, yeah. And
0: um, the sky judge thing, uh, I believe uh, it came about uh, a couple of months ago, where the, From the AAF. NFL, yeah, the NFL said something along the lines of, "We don't have the money to get put up on another train." What was it? What was the? It, ex- it seemed excuse? like there
1: wasn't enough money. and like that's bullshit. Which <laughs> that's is <complete> bullshit. <laughs> which you know what? If Al Riveron just came out and said, "We don't have enough senior uh, referees to be a sky judge." Come out and say, we want to work on a solution. This is a possible solution, but we're going to need at least one to two years yeah, to finish fine. this. And I would have more respect for that. But Don't tell me you don't have enough money in a NFL. But this is, like, this is what happens when everybody is knee-jerk with what happened in the NFC Championship game. We, can all, we all agree that that should have been a penalty. Yeah, it should have been. And at the time, there's no rules, so it, it, it sucks. It's a hard pill to swallow. Mm. But when you're reactionary to things, and it's like peace at any price with a gun to your head— like, this is what happens. Now you have, like, 15 different things popping out of this box of how are we going to address well, this? Because my, the biggest issue is they're going to have to put down in writing what a Hail Mary Exactly. Is.
0: And I was going to get to that point. Um, it has to be done. They have to officiate the Hail Mary play just like any other play. Mm-hmm. We had this conversation on the phone a couple days right. ago, right? I, I always find it funny that the NFL officials and the NFL – officiated the game this way, but for one play in Hail Mary, there's more leeway. Right. Why, why are there a different set of rules for Hail Marys? Why is it that um, when a team is desperate and you th- that's essentially the NFL saying if you're at that point where you're desperate to try to, for Hail Mary, you've already lost the game. The NFL's tongue at that point, you've already lost the game before you try You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I, I've always had a problem with the fact that the Hail Mary is officiated differently from the rest of the league, from the rest of the players. Right.
1: But, like, how are you going to define a Hail Mary? Like, are you going to define it as Aaron Rodgers and what, what was it, Seattle? What? No, I think it was Detroit uh, yeah, when Detroit, he dropped that bomb. Yeah. Are you going to define it as that? Because the Miami miracle last year... Was a hail mary, but it was a little dinking and Dunkin' underneath yeah. with Kenyon Drake. Well, like, obviously, how well, are you going to define a well, hail they'll mary? They'll have to
0: define it, and they'll have to go through like an actual process and write write down the rules of like is it more than forty or fifty or sixty yards, right. whatever it is, whatever they decide it is to be. Like you know, I think I think a good way of defining it is if it's more than fifty yards, and the pl- and the ball ends up in the end zone, that's a hail mary. Right, right. And you should, you should judge that play just like any other play, right? I've always had the issue of the NFL saying, if you're in that position to throw a Hail Mary to try to win the game, you've already lost. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, right. you already think you are shitty enough. Like, you're already shitty. Like, don't don't even try that. You know what right.
1: Saying? And here's the thing. Like, I love Sean Payton. I, I do. I love Sean Payton as a head coach. He's, he's probably one of the best coaches in the league right now. But my biggest problem is... He was willing to burn the entire rule book to get his own personal agenda. Like we've seen that on Twitter with the the head of this country with let's just have a temper tantrum and push through legislation and then try to figure out once all the dust settles of how to to do the rule. Here's the biggest issue in the NFL. The average age of a referee is 51 years old. (laughs) The game is getting exponentially faster every year. And again, I'm no Brad Pitt. But these referees are not in the best of shape to keep up with these plays on the field. How about we address training referees and having, you know, I guess you could say athletic enough referees to keep up with these, with these plays. Address that and have the sky judge, and there's no problem. You don't have to do this fucking paper fortune teller and everything's fine. Why don't you do this
0: way? You fire all the referees. You take retired players that have been out of the league for one year, give them one year of in class training, on the field training, and then you have a five year lifespan after your retirement to be a
1: ref. Right. Which is not. But the, I don't have a problem with that. But you need, for a sky judge, I want one of these senior people. Yeah. I mean, Ed Hockey retired, yeah. but like, I want an Ed Hockey type guy up there. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Like, I'm on board. Have, but the, you have to have athletic people to keep up with these plays down the field. That's that's my thing. Fix that. Put a sky judge in. And then Sean Payton doesn't have to burn the whole fucking rule book to push his agenda to the point of almost having a fucking lawsuit. I'm concerned about
0: the Saints. I really am. Because they can't seem to move on from this. No, they can't. I was listening to mandatory minicamp, like, press conferences. And, like, Drew Brees was bringing it up. And, like, Sean Payton was, Sean Payton was like, hinting at it here and there. Like, I know, like, you can't really bury that. But, like, dude, like, come on. Let's, you can't let's bury it, but...
1: You know what? Everyone gives Sean Payton a fucking get-out-of-jail-free card. Again, I'm with everybody. That's the penalty. But if you don't get cute with the play calling and you fucking run the ball a couple of times and kick the field goal, you're going to the Super Bowl. So let's not, like, once we realize that we fucked up the play calling and then we got put in this position to let another person decide the fate of our game and then we get all chapped about it. I'm, like, fucking, fucking get out of here. Move on. Move on. The two
0: teams that I'm going to watch closely this year um, that have the potential for bad hangovers are the Rams. Oh, and the Saints.
1: absolutely, the
0: Rams and the Saints. I'm going to watch them like Hawks. I want to see what they're saying in in OTAs and in, in mini camps and in, in training camp and the first uh, the first week, second week. I want to hear every single thing they say because I have a I have a firm belief that the Rams are going to end up third in that division, and I think the Saints. Depending on how if they can drop this bullshit because they haven't so far, if I hear this shit still in training camp, there's a good chance they're gonna have a hangover as well. Mm-hmm. You know?
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely, no, I'm I'm completely with you. So, man, I don't know. For a slow off season week, there was a lot of news going on with was, either officiating yeah. or girly or fucking Cleveland not shutting up. But
0: well, the NFL is at 24/7, 365 a 24 seven, three sixty five a year, three sixty five mm-hmm. day a year. Uh, business at the end of the day it's all about entertainment and speaking of one last topic i want to get to dude they haven't still made up their mind on the hard knocks mm-hmm. teams yet like there seems to be a lot of pushback from the teams um about hard knocks and i think the question needs to be asked like do they just should just do away with that program in general i wish they don't obviously i fucking love hard knocks right. i love sitting there watching this shit but like dude there's a lot of pushback and we're already in uh, almost mid-june and there's no hard knocks like announcement team yet
1: yeah, I mean, let's see. 9 I've been waiting th- on for two, three weeks now. Yeah, I mean, nine teams had OT, uh, mandatory minicamp. The rest of the league should be, I think they either had it y- uh, yesterday and then starting up this coming week. They're probably going to wait while for the summer break, and then they'll break the news. I think it's honestly between Oakland and, and the Giants. And the Giants. Yep. Um, Dude, that'd be great. Oakland, I hope it's Oakland. Yeah. I mean, you got Psycho Incognito, wow. Psycho Perfect, yeah. fucking Prima yeah. Donna. A.B. and Paper Tough Guy and, and, uh, and Gruden. Don't forget
0: about Mayock. And Mayock. Don't forget which, about the bowl haircut, Mark Davis.
1: Mark Davis and, and Mayock with I mean, he's saying he wants character and then he drafts fucking lunatics. He, he signs lunatics in free agency. Yeah. I don't understand. But real quick, before we wrap up, we have one mailbag question. Go for it, bro. From our boy, Dan Bolier from the 603. It's 603. Uh, I'm kind of paraphrasing How Dan. are the Bollier brothers? Oh, they're they're good. Are they
0: still chapped? I haven't watched uh, Forrest Dump yet. Oh
1: yeah, yeah, they're still they're still a little chapped. Mm-hmm. Little, and by a little I mean a lot. Like you're you're missing out. Forrest um, Dump. But uh, kind of paraphrasing Dan because I didn't uh, I forgot to write the note down. But the, essentially, his question was: What are your thoughts on uh, former NFL players transitioning to being professional wrestlers? And I, then, what are your thoughts on like you know? Uh, Lawrence I, Taylor headlining Wrestlemania I think it's stupid
0: I think it's stupid because this this thing came up with with Gronk because um Wrestling is not easy, man. You still get banged up and wrestling. Right. Like, it's not brutal as the NFL is, but you're still going to go through some injuries. I wouldn't want to see an old retired Gronk or LT out there trying to fucking wrestle. You know what I'm saying? Right. Now, maybe... Now, this is what I would do, and I think the uh, the WWE is going this way because they actually had scouts at the Combine mm. because all these guys won't get drafted, right? And they're out there picking some of this young talent coming out of uh, football teams in college that they want to pick up for WWE, which is a smarter way, which is a better way of doing it. You bring in Talent when they're young, you know what I'm saying? Mm. Um, you grow them with a fan base. I get it when you bring in Gronk and LT, you have a bigger fan base. I get that. But bring in, you know, young talent, give them some money. You have to pay them that much money just yet. Work them through a system. Eventually people will fall in love with them. You know what I'm saying? The biggest stars in the WWE were not like ex NFL players, besides like The Rock. It wasn't even that big of a star. Right. like John Cena, them. Stone Cold, the, you know, like whoever else it was, Triple H, they weren't like NFL players. They just they came to the system when we're, we're
1: homegrown, you know what I'm saying? Right. I don't have a pro- it, it, again, emphasize former player. If you played in the league and you're no longer playing and you want to take a bump off the top rope, have at it. That but you if you're Gronk under up there? contract, yeah. I mean, that year, what was I think it was like three years ago when Gronk showed up at WrestleMania. But
0: that was a guest appearance. But it's not even
1: that. He did like one of those spears, which oh, really? is fine. But then when you look at, say, uh, earlier this week when Goldberg and The Undertaker had a match out in Saudi Arabia... And Goldberg botched his fucking spear and he went through the turnbuckle and hit the fucking ring post head first and was busted up imagine if that was Gronk under contract oh god I'm, like if you're if you're time. a team man, if you're a team owner or general manager and you have a player that's you know chirping about maybe doing a WWE appearance yeah. shut that shit down you can do that when you're retired and you're off my books but like I need you to win a championship you're, you're keeping your ass out of the squared circle yep yep
0: yep yep Yep. I, I dude I just I wouldn't want to see an ex-NFL player take it a bump. yeah you know what I'm saying fuck like, that like I, anything like anything small I get rest appearances Wrestlemania here and there you know you come out you fucking get uh, rock bottom or something or somebody does something to you but like fucking taking like jumps off the fucking top row fuck that shit yeah
1: I mean if if, uh, Todd Gurley was saying hey I want to go in the WWE and I'm less need and uh, I call Todd in the office I say Todd Gurley you
0: Once, once a podcast, we'd like to throw it in there, right?
1: I'm just so glad I could kind of fucking work it in.
0: You know what I wish? I wish we get big enough one day that Vince McMahon comes on to our podcast and says those words to
1: us. I mean, hey. It'd just,
0: be the highlight of my career. I would die a happy man. It'd be game over. You
1: know, It's right down the road in Stanford. Let's go. Dude,
0: let's go. Seriously, Why show up, not? man. Dude, I, I actually have an in with... Uh, his flight crew. <laughs> I'm oh, like, nice. I'm not gonna lie to you. It's based out of planes That WWE jet. Be <laughs> like,
1: hey, Vince, uh, he I want to get, uh, I want to get choke slammed by uh, the Undertaker. Can we make it happen? Thanks. You know what I
0: find it funny? I find it funny that Undertaker and Goldberg stopped the wrestling. Those guys have like 40 something, like,
1: right? And that, that's I didn't I didn't watch the 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 event out in Saudi Arabia, but everything I saw was just like it was just brutal to watch. Like after Goldberg fucking got busted open uh, by hitting that ring post. I mean he. He tried to do the jackhammer with with the Undertaker, and he just dropped him on his head. And then the Undertaker kind of botched a, a tombstone, and it was just like, I don't want that to be like the last image I have of Goldberg and, and the Undertaker of like a really bad match. So they just need to stop. Just yeah. fucking be a talent evaluator, a behind the curtains manager kind of guy. But that's it. That's all, all right. I got.
0: Let me uh, let me prep my throat. <clears> throat>
1: You're fired.
0: There we go. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> all right, man. That's uh, that's all we have time for today in our podcast. We are getting ready to head down to New Haven. We're going. Um, where are we going? We're definitely going to the Owl Shop. At one point, mm-hmm. we're going to go get a fat stuff. Friends of the podcast. Friends of the podcast. Um, we're going to go to the Owl Shop. Get a as a, a blondie, and then we'll see where the night takes us, brother, man. Yeah, you it's a, it's a beautiful Saturday night. Um, weather's about, you know, 75 degrees tonight, it's going to be, you can't, you can't beat these summer nights, man. Hell no. You gotta enjoy them as much as possible. Hell yeah. Um, and that's really it,
1: man. All right. Well, on that note, let me plug it up so we can get the fuck out of Dodge. So as always, you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at pro football radio podcast, Twitter, PFR podcast. I'm on Twitter. Brando underscore Puma. Jay Chima is at Jay Chima. Uh, By all means, send us content, uh, questions, hot takes you have. This is your podcast. You can also find content of uh, this episode and previous episodes on SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Play, YouTube, and Stitcher under Pro Football Radio or Pro Football Radio Podcast. I know Google was kind of a pain in the ass for a little bit, so it might just be one word. So all those platforms, Pro Football Radio Podcast. Let us know your thoughts, like, subscribe, download, share, tell your mom, tell your dad, tell your sister, tell your neighbor down the street. People with you. (laughs) <laughs> take PFR with you. hashtag Take PFR with you. If you're listening, you send us a screenshot. We're gonna we're gonna post that on our uh, Instagram page and show you some love. So hashtag Take, take PFR P- with P- you. And
0: we want to thank our boy um, at uh, what's his, at AT Pilot. Uh, for oh Derek. yeah, our boy yep. Drek. Yep, yep. Drek Derek Yep, yep. And then our other good friend, friend of the podcast from Ohio, um, at, at at Sarah Marie. Yep. Um, they both posted um, just great. Um, you know. I guess Instagram posts of the football yeah. radio um, PFR. Yeah. So we thank those guys and move forward. We are going to start a, a hashtag for the fans to send us uh, pictures of where they listen to the PFR podcast, or the football radio podcast. So the, the hashtag is going to be "Take PFR with you." Yep. Um, and just send us pictures uh, wherever you guys are, and we'll obviously regram onto our uh, Instagram. Posts. Oh
1: yeah, we're going to show you some love. We'll shout you out. We're we're gonna we're not going to keep you in the cold. So that's awesome. that's all I got.
0: Thanks everybody. We'll talk to you next week. Bye,
1: Cundillos.